0: Recording from New York City, this is the All Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Inman, alongside Chris Brito. And Chris, the hottest team in basketball, the Boston Celtics, have rolled off 13 straight wins and now face the defending champion Warriors in Beantown Thursday night. We'll break down what that means for this young Celtics team. Also, the new king of New York, Chris Dasporzingas, continues to battle a serious elbow injury, so a lot to get to today. But first off, Chris, how are you? Hey Steve, um, you know
1: the NBA has been crazy the last few days since our last show. Um, LeBron James came into town. We talked a lot of shit. We tried to back it up. We lost, but regardless, it's a great it's a great time for basketball in New York City.
0: Uh, No, without a doubt, it's an excellent time for basketball in New York City. We'll get to the Knicks in a minute, but first, I want to talk about the Boston Celtics. Sure, sure. 13 straight wins after starting 0-2. No NBA team has ever done that, Chris. Now, let me ask you a question. When do they become the team to beat in the Eastern Conference?
1: You know what? Right now, they're the team to beat in the Eastern Conference, uh, Steve. The Cavaliers have shown they can't play any defense except when it comes to the Knicks in the fourth quarter. Um... (laughs) And Latin, they played well against the Hornets. But clearly the team to beat right now are the Celtics. They are a young dynamic force with their two young wings with Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. Oh, and that that masked guy, Kyrie Irving. He's pretty good. Uh, he is. He's not bad, Steve. You're right. Um, I'm just really impressed by the way the team has navigated through their injuries. And still, they've 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 been the class of the east so far and you know who's you know who is responsible for all of that brad stevens that dude is a genius the way everyone shares the ball the ball moves around knowing who's good at what make sure the ha- make sure he he makes sure that he has players that aren't you know intelligent enough to to move around the ball most of his teams are always high iq teams and what I find really crazy about with this one is that they're so young and playing at such a, you know, you know they're playing at such a like high-level pace right now. So I'm really impressed by the team so far.
0: So obviously, you know, it's the regular season still, but there are certain games where you're like, this is a good measuring stick for a certain young team. This game Thursday night would be considered one of those games. How important is this game for the Boston Celtics?
1: Wait, so you're saying a game against the Brooklyn Nets isn't a good... Measuring sick of how good this team is? I mean, it could
0: be a good trap game, but I would go with Golden <laughs> no, State being a little right. bit higher up on guys' minds over, you know, playing Brooklyn.
1: No, you're right, Steve. And frankly, I think that um, tonight we'll, we'll really know if they even stand a chance of, of even beating the Cavaliers. I know it's kind of like, what does that mean? So if they beat the Warriors, I think this shows that the Cavaliers are in trouble because... The Warriors always have the Cavaliers' number. I think if if
0: well, to be fair, the Warriors have everybody's number. They really haven't had yet. any team that's really given them any problems in the last three, four years. Well, except for the Cavs. Cavaliers. Yeah. Well, okay. There you go. <laughs> My mistake. Uh, so let let's let's talk about that. Celtics. Warriors. Are we seeing a finals preview?
1: Not yet. I think it's too early for that, Steve. Um, I think we're counting out the fact that the Cavaliers have battled their own problems. Um, both internally and you know on the roster, a lot of their players have injuries. Ton of injuries, ton of Arthur um, memes. Just... A ton of Arthur memes. Yes, um, I think we'll have a good idea of how good this team can be once Isaiah Thomas is back. Um, we forget that Isaiah Thomas was basically the best point guard in the Eastern Conference after Kyrie, and yeah. maybe John Wall.
0: But I would probably put John Wall in that group too. I. I'm with you all the way. To me, it'd still be a major surprise to me if we did not see Cads Warriors 4. You know, in June, I believe this is still LeBron's Eastern Conference. He's going to have Isaiah Thomas. He's going to have, you know, Kevin Love. And, you know, if LeBron says, I need more help, whoever's running the Cads right now will do whatever they can in their power to get him more help. Tristan Thompson should come back at some point. You know, he's a very important force on the glass. So. I believe that the Cavs are still the team to beat in the East, and yes, Boston is going to get a nice measuring stick tonight, but at the end of the day, it's really all what you do in April, May, and June. That's true, and I think
1: um, a lot of what the NBA is about, at least the regular season, is about sustainability, right? How long can you play this well? Um, the Warriors have obviously been the the class in this, right? They've, they've shown that they're the best team, like, for all eighty-two games plus the playoffs plus the finals, so and the Cavaliers—I I mean, I don't want to count out the Cavaliers either because the Cavaliers have also shown the same kind of grit, but they've had more problems during the regular season. Well, and also you have to consider the fact that LeBron James has played what seven straight or eight straight finals, Is it?
0: This would be his. This would be his eighth straight final. Imagine if, if, that, if he
1: can get to that. Imagine that man playing from freaking September. And not even counting the Olympics, the, the two times they went to the Olympics.
0: To June. That's like, nine months it's, of intense it, that, basketball. That's
1: basically, I would even say more than that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's insane stuff. I don't want to take away, though, from what Boston has been able to do. They have a tremendous young team, and there's no reason to think they can't continue to get better oh, as this season goes on, as next season goes on, and going forward. You know, Danny Ainge really built himself a winner over here, and they have more picks coming, so there could be more... You know, impact players coming to, to coming to Beantown, but for now, we still think this is the Cavs' east to lose. I agree.
1: Um, let's talk about another great team in the East. Our Knicks. Our Knicks are playing so well right now. I'm what I'm impressed about the last few games. Um, Grant, we we talked about how the team was depending a lot on on Kersavs, Porzingis, right? The Kings game, where they won, they demolished the Kings. Yes, they also depended on the Porzingis, but he only played three quarters in that game. What I'm seeing now is a team that is learning how to, um... Like, kind of deviate from just using him as a main scoring option. We saw with the Cavaliers, Christoph had a terrible game, dude. He didn't really, like, score as much until the fourth quarter. Um... And we're just seeing the Knicks win in different ways. which And and that's what, for me, is even more exciting than anything else.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I just zoned out when you just said the Knicks were considered one of these great teams in the East. I'm kidding. But, the, <laughs> the, you know, this has been tremendous. Chris Porzingis has really carried this team, obviously, as you said. But they're getting other contributions. You know, Frank Milakina has been playing a lot more. He has a jump shot. We he did does. Not, we did not expect that. You know he's he's been really good. You know defensively, he's really an impactful player. Jared Jack has really shown what having an actual point guard on the roster can do. When was the last time the Knicks had a point guard who can run an offense, who can push and transition? And yeah, he's a hundred years old, so eventually they're gonna have to replace him too. But for now, this is working. They're eight and six. They played a lot of home games. They've really shown the ability to, no matter what the score is, to be able to come back in games at the Garden. That is a huge, huge skill for a young, still-learning team.
1: Right. I think um, the other aspect that, that you were downplaying over the summer that I'm going to put in your face right now is the fact that the Tim Hardaway deal. Yeah. Honestly, Tim Hardaway looks like a great asset right now. He looks like a player like who's ready to be that number two or number three guy right now. I
0: mean, we named a show, Welcome Back Timmy, but, but not, not your, your contract. contract. So clearly this was not a contract that we liked, but we? It's, we. Uh, we more we like, did not we, love the contract. We didn't love
1: it, but I think you were more critical of it. But, that.
0: and, you know, he started off the season shooting, you know, 25%. All of a sudden now he's hitting big shots. He is, you know, he's a slasher. He moves all around. Offenses have to uh, game plan against this guy. This is
1: this is a different, and and I think <clears throat> we didn't give the Knicks brass enough credit for this one because the idea is was was, okay, let's. Let's not sign anyone. Let's just put Chris Apps out there and like let him figure it out being the number one option. But I think that'll like really stunt his growth if if he's the only option and people are triple teaming him and that'll like you know maybe hurt his confidence. You know maybe hurt his growth as a player. And I think having a number two option like Timmy, who is a who is not afraid of taking any shots. Any shots.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, he he's a guy who if. He can just help his shot selection a little bit. He could be a much better player to be. He can really take that next step. And it reminds me a little bit of what the Thunder have been trying to go over with Carmelo Anthony, which is basically like, we don't want any more long twos because long twos is are. There's no upside there because it, it's not an easy shot. They're almost as difficult as three pointers, but at the same time, they're only worth two. If you can get his shot selection to change and be like, "Hey, you're on this side of the court. You want to do this. If you're over here, you want to do this," without being too predictable, this could really become a special offensive player.
1: Right, and and you you see him get his way, like with the Cavaliers, he was he was uh, shooting lights out too, and then and then um, Wednesday night when they played against the um, the Jazz, the Jazz, he shined yesterday, and like it kind of gave me relief thinking, okay, look, Chris Epps had a didn't have a great game yesterday but we still managed to pull out the the w so i think that's something worth um you know looking for in in the future really quickly frank nilakina how great has he been i know there's been a lot of discussion especially when lebron james opened his mouth and said that the Knicks should have picked dennis smith instead of frank we we all like we both like dennis smith and we we obviously we had our doubts about frank we both like um and what's crazy is how that game, like, Frank stood up to LeBron James. I think that was the moment where he became the, the French Prince of New York.
0: <laughs> he, he's been much better than we thought. I'll give you credit for that. But to me, it's still Dennis Smith. He's an explosive athlete who, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged, you know, north of 23, 24, 25 points a game at some point in his career. I think Frank could turn into the better point guard in terms of running an offense. He's clearly more more thinking about his teammates than Dennis who's really just trying to score right now. But at the same time, they both fit different needs. I'd love to have both these guys. You know, to have more, you know, Dennis Pr- Smith pretty much as a shooting guard and Frank Neleкина as your point guard, that's not bad. Especially Neleкина, you know, two steals a game. Only Paul George has been better than that in the NBA this year.
1: That's imagine that. Maybe Phil Jackson was onto something. Maybe
0: I mean I highly doubt he's even watched Frank, you know, shoot a basketball this year. But you know we, we got to give him credit for that. He 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 might have been onto something. He he looks like a nice player. I still think they'd be better off with Dennis Smith. But you know we we assumed he was a bust, and I we got to say I was wrong. I'm not going to speak for you, but I w- I was wrong about that. He he looks like he could be a keeper here.
1: Yeah, Frank. Honestly, um, at least with his defensive. You can just see the difference when he's on the floor. I mean, you obviously can't compare Jared Jack with with Frank Neal I mean, like, they are
0: totally different. They're yeah. totally
1: different. But I think it's worth mentioning that Frank Ntilikina has been playing the fourth quarter like these last few games, and I and even against the Cavs, he was the one handling the ball down the stretch. I mean, these are all growing pains, and I'm glad that Hornacek, Hornacek is like taking the chance on these players to to do what they need to do to to figure out these situations by themselves. It's
0: not a coincidence to me that the Knicks are really locked down in the fourth quarter in a lot of these comeback wins. Frank Milokina has played the entire fourth quarter in a lot of these games. That's really That's all you need point. to know about yeah. that. Um, to this, wrap up the Knicks uh, situation real quick, you know, Chris Dasporzingis has been dealing with a with an elbow injury. He reportedly could need surgery after the season. He's been wearing a sleeve. He's admitted it's swelling up. He hasn't shot the ball very well the last couple games. That might be coincidence. He started off so red hot. How concerned are you about this going forward?
1: Uh, like we were mentioning before the podcast, I think that if it's an issue where it, it's going to be a problem later on, just get just get get it over with. Even with
0: what? Get over what
1: surgery? Like over. If 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 surgery is what you need to get this better, then get surgery. Even with a good I,
0: start, and even with sixty-eight games left I, in the I, year,
1: I know I'm, I'm probably going to regret saying this, but it's true. Like. We're a good team. We're not going to be a great team as curly assembled, unfortunately. I think we're better off taking some more L's, dropping in the draft, and possibly getting a better pick, hopefully. Uh, but you're saying shut him down
0: if, if he actually needs a surgery, not if, yet.
1: Right, right. If he actually needs a surgery, he should just do it. Might as well be out four to six months, or I don't know how long, four to six weeks. I mean, I don't know how long this is. Um. Rather than like waiting until April to get the surgery or, or May, whatever it is. I
0: mean, I think as long as he can't make this worse for his career going forward, there's no reason why I would shut him down yet. He seems he's like oh, he's still contributing, he still says he can play through this. So as long as it's not gonna hurt him long term, I would let him keep going. If it is gonna hurt him long term, like you said, get him out of there, you know, shut him down. But to me right now it does not sound like we're at that point.
1: Well, I hope not, Steve. Um, really quickly, I mean, we've been talking about Chris Asperzing as one of the the young rising stars in the NBA. And he's shown, obviously, that he's one of the best players in the league after the first month. Um, so we want to talk about like our picks for players that have shown like greatness so far in the first month. What pick do you have?
0: So my player of the first month is going to be Andre Drummond, Uh, When I was looking at this, I was looking for a guy who's really improved his game. You know, he's leading the NBA in rebounding, nearly 16 a game. The Pistons, who have been not awful, but they've been pretty mediocre in his first four or five years in the NBA, they're second in the East right now, you know, shockingly. He's a career 38% free throw shooter. So that was always his huge weakness. He's almost at a respectable 63% now. So he's clearly worked on improving his game. He's a guy who's really kind of been overlooked the last couple years as just a rebounder doesn't really do anything else. He's really improved his game all around and now the Pistons are reaping the rewards for it.
1: Right. Um, I I like Drummond a lot. I wish I picked him on my fantasy team. (laughs) Right, C? I did. I picked him. The player that that for me has shown improvement in subtle ways has been Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal has improved... Bradley Beal across the board has improved all his statistics. Um, in 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 terms of um, you know points per game, assists, rebounds, he's just doing well, and I feel like that's part of the reason reason why the Wizards are 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 among the top teams in the East right now. But my favorite pick, I'm gonna cheat. I'm sorry, Steve. I'm gonna cheat, but I have to also mention Joel Embiid, or should I say Hakeem Embiid, because he is shooting. I mean, he's not. I mean, he's just performing at such a Crazy rate for a for a big, and you said bigs were dead, Steve. He is he's averaging twenty three points and eleven or so rebounds. I want to say, and this guy is just li- lighting it up. He's not. I willing- picked
0: a big too. Bigs aren't dead.
1: I know. <laughs> um, he he's obviously the spiritual leader of the 76 sixers. He's the face of the franchise. Face of the franchise. And as we were mentioning earlier, like, we're finally seeing the reaps of the benefits of the, the process. The process
0: um, is processing,
1: Chris. The process is processing. And let me tell you, man, last night's game against the Lakers, they sh- he and Simmons showed that w- what an incredible duo they could be. Yeah. Like, and imagine if they had Mark like, L. playing well. Right. If they haven't playing at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you compare that with, like, what, the Celtics? The Celtics are going to be great, too. And they're also a little bit further along in their pro in their process.
0: I'm telling you though. But
1: if, the 76ers, I'm gonna be afraid of that team.
0: If the Sixers can make this work, if they can get Fultz back at some point and he can contribute, and all of a sudden, you know, this is a a top team in the East for the next four or five years, you're gonna see a lot, a lot more tanking. I honestly believe, you know, this NBA, you know, front office, they're all kind of hoping that this does not work because they do not want to see all these other teams on this works let's all tank let's trade off all our vets and do nothing for two years and get all these top picks and I think this might be the way to build if you're if you're a team that can bring in free agents if you're a team that really you know does not have a whole lot right now why wouldn't you try this you know it's better to win eight games than 35 that's just the way the NBA works and I know yeah. that sounds crazy but that's the way it is yeah, it's I give, right. I give the Sixers credit. I give Sam Hinkie credit for doing this and I this is bold, And again, man. I give you got to give MB you got to give Simmons credit too for actually making this work. You know, everyone in theory could get all the top talent in the world, but these guys got to play and they have they have played well.
1: I agree. Um now the Senators have been doing well. There are other teams in the NBA who haven't done it so well in the West. So Oklahoma City Thunder, they're, they're 7 and 7. And they're 1-6 in, in games within 5 points in the final 5 minutes. What does that tell you about this team?
0: Yeah, you know, this, Chris, this is a cool new segment we're going to do called Time to Panic. You know, Thunder 7-7, and 7, as you said. I'm thinking that it is not time to panic for them. There's still a ton of new players trying to gel. Carmelo Anthony just came back from injury. Steven Adams has been hurt. Once they get all these guys in, I think this will work out. It's not time to panic for them.
1: But that statistic is very telling, though, because it shows that... They're uh, not gelling yet. They're not... Quite there yet, because the ball should be in Russell Westbrook's hands, and, right? And whoever else is open should.
0: But again, six sixty-eight games to go. The, their record isn't horrible. It's five hundred. So I think there's plenty of time for them to turn this around. A what? team we saw last night with a uh, against the Knicks, the Utah Jazz, six and nine now. They lost. You know Rudy Gobert for about a month. Is it time to panic for them? Um, you know what. I like
1: the Jazz a lot, dude. Like, I feel like they're such a gritty team that could surprise you, but I just think there's a lot of talent in the West for them not to make it. So they probably won't make the playoffs if Rudy Gobert like misses this amount this amount of time. Um, but how nice is Donovan Mitchell, man?
0: He's he's nice. Rodney Hood, you know, he can shoot too. I think. They have some nice pieces, but to me, it's just like there's not enough there. There's not enough there firepower isn't, there. There
1: isn't. They probably need to draft a point guard. They probably need
0: to draft a point guard. Ricky Rubio really is not as good as people think. I'm, he, I just, he just doesn't shoot. He can't shoot. I would have.
1: I would have traded him for Derrick Rose last year, though.
0: Uh, no, I would not have because Ricky Rubio has a longer contract. That's why that never happened. Because all of a sudden now we're talking about he's our point guard right now instead of, you know, the guy but, that we have. I don't know if he's really a difference maker over Jared Jack. To be honest with you. Especially, it hates money, and we would not have had the money then to bring in a Tim Hardaway, which the contract still is to be remained on that. But that would be our big acquisition. Okay, fine. You're right. <laughs> fine. I didn't know you felt so strongly about Rubio. I'm, I'm not a fan. Just to me, like you need a every position has well, to be able to shoot a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's true. I did drop him for my fantasy team, so yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. All right. So, what about Robert Covington? I heard he got a big contract, Steve, so what can you tell me about that?
0: Yeah, so he signed a reported four-year, $62 million extension. To me, this is still a ton of money. I know it's like he's a nice player and the cap goes up, but, you know, you're talking about a guy making almost $16 million a year now. That is that is a lot of money for a guy who's pretty much the fourth option on this team. Um, You know
1: what? I think it makes sense. I yeah? think it's okay because, you know, it stands to what the 76ers are building here. Um, and he's still a solid player. He has, he is, he has among the highest three point percentages on that team. He does. And, and I feel like for a team and he's a solid defender too. So I'm not, I'm not criticizing that deal at all. I'm fine with it.
0: The one thing I thought was cool for his point of view was he was making $1.6 million, hardly chump change, but for the NBA, that is chump change. Um, he is now going, his next paycheck is going to be 10 times that number. He, his... Boy, I wish His, my renego- page- His renegotiation doesn't take place next year. It takes place now. So that's pretty cool for him.
1: Boy, I wish my uh, con- <laughs> my salary went up. <laughs> 10 times? Times 10, yeah. times 10, that would be nice. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. So this this will do it for our show today. Um, thank you for listening to the All Hoops podcast. We'll be back next week to break down all that happens in the National Basketball Association. Any last words from you, Steve?
0: That's going to do it for us. Thank you again for listening. And we'll... We'll talk to you next week.
1: All right, guys. Bye.